Come on, if you are having a hard time of reaching your purpose, or I've never heard some God say, give up, walk away. Never, okay? Well, some people would like to say, the voice of God told me. <laughs> but we've been working in this area for a long time. We know the difference between, we call them uh, visions and wishes, okay? Wishful thinking, come on. People often use the voice of God when they want to leave the church, or when they want to, but you know, when that thing's, if you want to do something, it could come out of two or three witnesses. God always moves through the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's what he does. And then everybody else feels good about it. Yes, that's what you're meant to do. We know that. So what are you hearing for your life? We had some pastor friends. We just spoke at the big conference and we've been going to their church for years. It was a smaller church. Very struggling in every way, financially, just being in ministry a long, long time as well. Well, they're only a young couple, right in Sarah's age. But she was at breaking point, just everything. They had no money, they had nothing, they're just so difficult. And God sent us in at that time to stand beside them and walk with them and begin to just see, well, what is God saying? And help them to decipher through their prophetic words and everything and ongoing from there. Well, when... I actually, I wrote this message for their church. I spoke at a big women's conference for them in um, October. And to see now, God reminded me of them at the hard times. Come on. But they didn't, she didn't really want to persevere. It was difficult. It was tough. And she's looking in, in the natural world. I've given God everything. We've got my money. We, we don't own a house. We've got nothing. Come on, that's what the natural side of it. But they persevered. They believed God. They listened to their prophetic words. They listened to prophetic counsel. When you're struggling, you've got to listen to good counsel. Don't ask your best friend who's worse off than you or struggling like you. Because they're going to tell you dumb advice. Come on. People of a feather flock together. You've got to ask someone who's got a proven track record. The Bible even says we get counsel from people with fruit. Come on, good fruit in their life. Don't get, you don't go to marriage counseling someone whose marriage is in a mess too. All you're going to do is pity party each other and talk down your husbands or wives or whatever. But anyway, to stand in this conference, now they have two congregations huge one in Jacksonville and they've got their own house they just we got the preacher got someone blessed me this amazing I don't know some car I've never heard I've never seen it's unbelievable but also now it's incredible to see what God has done in their life with congregations he's on the board all it in just a time of persevering richly rewarding so it was a good message to speak about quitting's not an option because the people that have been there from the beginning have known the journey with them come on and how tough it was and how tough. but god says he will richly reward us come Amen. on if you keep going if you don't give up come on you've got to have that faith to believe him and to trust him you know, there's even a season, um, you know, in our own life, and some of you heard, we were going through a season. Ministry's tough. I mean, even this is a step of faith for us. Being perfectly honest, we carry ourselves. There's not enough money in this church for us to take a wage. And we live by faith anyway from our own ministry, but what we do generates our income, and we get, but God's got it. I'm not worried about that at all. But it's kind of like, We've been to that place. Why don't we go back there again? But when God tells you to do whatever he calls you to do, he's supplied, he does everything. Come on. We know that's what he's called us to do. So 
It's not once I hear God say, okay, you've got to do it, I'm off. Like Greg said. <laughs> it's like I'll have a million ideas and strategies and because that's just my personality. I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to do? I'm a doer. I get things done. Okay, I used to say I was a um, workaholic. I'm not a workaholic. I'm an overachiever who gets the job done. Okay, that's who I am. I get the job done. It's like, okay. And one of the giftings I really believe the Lord has given me in crisis, I can think, I think my best, not that I want crisis, but in crisis, a lot of people will fall. I can think clearly in crisis. I can just like, okay, this is what we need to do. Boom, boom, boom. Get this done. And I believe when you've got that, it's a gifting. And I think too, when you've got to trust, your God has never let me down. Come on, he's never let me down. He's all, have we had tough times? Yes, incredibly tough. Have I felt like giving up? Yes. Have I felt like, God, can I please go back to where I come from? But it's never good back where you come from because you wouldn't be doing what God's called you to do. Come on. And I want to tell you this. Out of all my 30 years of being in ministry, I have never seen anyone leave church and be successful. Come on, never. There might times it seems like it, it seems they've got freedom and they're blessed. But you go down the track, I can line up person after person with story after story. I can stand here for most probably two weeks and tell you story after story of people who quit on God. Never do good. So don't let the devil tempt you with sugarcoat things. Oh, yeah, you'll do good, blah, blah, blah. You won't. You will never do. You never do good without God. Come on. And that's why he tells us, if you persevere, you'll reach the reward. So I was going to tell a story about... Um, us. We were going into ministry, lived by faith, and we had very good jobs, good money, and I thought we were in a place in our life where we were set up and buying a house and doing everything, and then God calls us into ministry to live by faith, and we got a small wage in the beginning, but nothing near what we got. We were with another ministry. And um, anyway, so after about 15 years of ministry, I mean, our kids... I love it because it puts such a faith in them. Every one of our children has such incredible faith, um, and they're all blessed because they follow the principles of God, especially with giving. They're all givers. They're all first givers, and they're all financially way less than us. Well, in a way. Anyway, we're just looking at buying a house, and I just sat down and thought about it. Well, our son just bought his third property. Brad and Sarah have four properties. And our other daughter has two properties. I'm like, God, I think we can have one. Okay, so I'm saying, 2020, God, we can have one. But anyway, we got to 15 years in ministry, and I was looking at, at the time, we had $70,000 in debt from running the ministry. And then, now this is not money from us living a high life and traveling the world and going, doing all these things. This was from running the ministry, going places, costs to get there, keep a ministry going. There's so much things you've got to do, and Barb can vouch, she's been with us every step of the way. Everything was in faith, and it, it wasn't much of a shortfall every year, but the shortfall was adding up, and we hadn't received a wage for a couple of years, and by God, was just supplied what we need, a bread maker when we needed it, and the kids ate bread continually, and we all got fatter, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, well, hey, we had food, we had bread for food, and so, and so at this point... I was really struggling because I'm thinking, God, 15 years and we own zilch. Well, in my mind, I'm like, all we own is debt. That's all we own, Lord. And then, come on, it's like, I want to tell you this. In those years, we never gave up time because for me, it's a principle. If God cannot rebuke the devourer on my behalf, it says it, 
And if I do not get that tires and I'm not going to teach that my approval in the Old Testament, the New Testament. Never gave up on giving, special giving. We always did that when we heard the voice of God. But tithing was a, just a no-brainer. But anyway, I'm like, God, we've done everything. Come on. We've, we've tithed, we've given, we've done everything. And I just wanted to put it on everything. Let's go get some jobs. I worked it out. We could work a year, pay the debt off, and all this pressure. Because debt's horrible. There's so much pressure. It's like you don't want to answer your phone because someone wants money off you. But we couldn't even give them a plan of how much money we were going to give them because we didn't know what money was going to come in. At least if you've got a steady income, you can work out and say, well, we'll give you $20 a week. We couldn't even promise that. And so I was really like, God, this is not good. And so I just heard someone talking about Maybe God wants to bankrupt you to teach you a lesson. And I'm like, hmm. see, it's amazing what the devil will say to you when you're really going through something. So I'm believing that. And I'm praying, God, if you need to bankrupt us, then bankrupt us. I'm like, um, praise God he doesn't answer all that prayers. <laughs> Come on, that's good. So I'm like, if you're on the bankrupt us, Lord, bankrupt us. And so then we decide to get, because you've got to do something. So then we decide, okay, well, Greg just said, I'm going to get to down. I'm going to write out every every prophetic word we've had. Oh, no, no, that was before. Was it? Oh, yeah, we were praying together. That's right. We were praying together, and we were really, it was so tough. I mean, it was a difficult time financially. And for me, it just felt like that is a huge thing to be carrying $70,000. Anyway, no assets, okay? And so what happened was we prayed together and I began to pray when I was praying with Greg, Lord, if you need to bankrupt us, then do it. And Greg stopped and he said, why are you praying? That's why it's important, <laughs> husbands and wives, come on, then you pray together. He's like, because you see, Greg's praying for God to bless us, I'm praying for him to bankrupt us. Who does he answer? Him or me. <laughs> so we, we could have stayed in that limbo for years because we're praying opposite to each other because I had heard some stupid advice from someone who didn't have fruit in their life, who had been bankrupt a couple of times. And so anyway, Greg was like, why on earth are you praying? He goes, why would God want to bankrupt us? That doesn't make sense. Why would God ever want to do that? And so what he did was then he took action. So he got out every prophetic word we've ever had Anything pertaining to finances, he wrote them down. He listened, it took him two days to go over all that prophecies, and anything God spoke about finances, he wrote it down. Then he went to war and began to decree, we prayed and believed God that, God, this is what you said. This is your purpose for our life. You said this, you said that, and began to decree. Then he wrote out a financial decree that he diligently every day got up and decreed that word. Every day he decreed it out, what God said about us, what he So for 12 months he decreed out us. Now, did it get better instantly? No, it actually got worse. That's sometimes what we like, well, how much do you believe the word of God? How much do you trust him? So, but we have to do something. Come on, we don't stop giving just because we can't afford to. No, you might be blessed because God says he rebukes the devourer. He rebukes the devourer. What I find is people say, oh, well, I can't because I've been through the whole thing. Someone told us from the first day, you don't have to give if you're in debt. Pay your debts and then give God what's left. Well, we did that for 12 months and we ended up $20,000 more in debt for debt work. And then the thing is, what you see is rebuking the devourer means... People, they go, well, nothing's happened. Then you'll see people's cars break down, washing machine breaks, just, but like, well, for us, 
we were always blessed. So I said, I'm a descendant of Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. So I get everything. I never pay full price. Okay? Because Jews never pay full price. If you understand Jewish people, they <laughs> never pay full price. They believe that's what the Gentiles were created for, to pay full price. So, um, and actually, some of you heard the story, I really am Jewish. I just had my DNA. Greg reckons I spoke my Jewish into my DNA. Because I've always decreed I'm a Jew. I come from Jewish. I created my God. But it's incredible to see what the Lord has done. He got rid of slide. There had to be there were strategies and plans. We we had to just go God told us four times, cut back. And I'm like, cut back? What could we cut back on? Like we live. But there was areas. We had five lines that we didn't need and different things that he just when you use the eyes of God, it was like don't go out for that coffee, you know, don't have that meal out because you've got to get out of debt. You've got to start looking. You know, there was, I never got nails done back then. We couldn't afford that. But there was serious. But he told us four times. Yeah, there was things combined. Another thing was a, the office would come through from the bank to consolidate and get a cheaper interest rate or no interest for 12 months. I was continually doing that with our debt. I'd sign up with another debt um, credit card and get 12 months interest free. That was a lot of money. And I kept, we saved thousands. God gave us strategies on how to reduce our debt. But you have to have wisdom as well. You've got to tie, and you've also then got to listen. When he said the fourth time, I'm like, God, and Mark knows all this because she's part of the one. said, well, you actually told me, I think, the fourth time. And I looked and go, but you can't cut back anymore. Have you seen this? The tree's got nothing on it. There's nothing on the tree. How can you trim a tree that there's nothing left on it? But we found some areas. So God, we really listen to the voice of God. And to, today we don't have any debt, which is awesome. We're debt-free. And we believe oh, we've yeah. broken that. We've taught our children the principle. And it's just, we're not just giving this to it for us. We did it for our children and our children's children. That they will never have to do that. When you break through in something, come on, you do it for the generation. So quitting is not an option. Come on. If you believe God said you're blessed, then you're blessed. Come on. If you do tithe and you give and do what you're supposed to, then God will bless you. Come on. He will richly reward you. He will bless you. Anyway, there's a lot here, but I'm just, I'm going to leave it all. Because I was getting like, I want to just um, give one story about Nehemiah. So I believe it's really, is a great, Nehemiah 6 is, um, well, we know the background of Nehemiah is that he was called and so he was asked to do a job and what happened was the wall was nearly finished, okay? And uh, what happened is the enemy come round about, and this is what you'll find, when you're close to breakthrough, the enemy will often come round about to try and discourage you. Come on, he'll throw more at you, more things, and this is where it's easy not to quit when everything's wonderful. Come on, simple to quit when everything's wonderful. You know, no one wants to quit when everything's wonderful, but it's when it's not wonderful that it's when you've got to pull on God. Come on, this is when you have to pull on the anointing. This is when you have to stand on that solid rock. It's when you have to do something to create what God has spoken about in your life. And so Nehemiah nearly finished the wall, and it says this, Nehemiah 6.3. So I sent messages to them. What happened is the enemy coming, trying to tell him, you know, threatening him and you're not going to do it. It's never going to happen. And this was Nehemiah's reply. He says, I sent messages to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and I cannot come down to you. So in other words, he's saying, get out of here. 
what I'm doing for the Lord, come on, my purpose and my destiny for the Lord is way too busy to even take notice of you. That's an awesome attitude to have. Come on, we should have that. Devil, I'm not going to listen to your lies. I'm doing what God's called me to do. Come on, I'm walking in what he's called me to do, and I'm not going to listen. So he's, he almost just says, listen, I'm not even going to listen to you because he says this. Why should the work of God stop? Come on. Why should the work of God stop while I leave it and go down to you? See, he never stopped. He didn't quit the work. Come on. He didn't entertain the enemy at any time. None of the time. And then he says, and he goes on in verse 4, it says, four times they sent me the same message. You realize the devil has no new message. Come on. Four times he sends him the same message. And he says, I gave him the same answer. See, that's why it's important you know your purpose, your destiny, your vision, because if you don't, it's always up for negotiation. If you don't know what you're called to do or what God said, if you don't know what the Word of God says about finances, then come on, you're going to waver all the time. But see, what happened is Greg understood. We knew what God's Word said, that we'd be blessed. He'd rebuke the devourer, that we're the head, not the tail. And then we knew what our prophetic Word said. Come on, like Nehemiah, he knew what God had said and what he'd spoken to him. But the devil just keeps coming. Come on. He keeps coming. It says then the fifth time. So now Nehemiah's had enough. It says, send Bobbitt and his aid, send his aid to me with the same message. Same message. Five times. Come on. You think the enemy could have got a bit creative and said something different. And in his hand was an unsealed letter. I sent him this reply. I love this. Nothing like what you were saying is happening. You're just making it all up in your head. Come on. In other words, Nehemiah said, you're a liar, devil. Because Nehemiah was secure in what God had called him to do and he knew God's word about what God said. Come on. So when you're secure in knowing God's word, see, for me going to that time with the bank, I wasn't sure. I'm like, well, maybe God does want a bankrupt to see. So I'm not secure. But then when we go, he's secure. No, no. Why would God want to do that? He wants to bless us. Come on. And then when I begin to know the, what the word of God says, when I begin to know what our prophetic words were, then it shores up that I'm certain about what God is saying. Come on. And so he said, I'm going to say, devil, you're a liar. Get out of here. You're a liar. And they said this, verse 9, they were trying to frighten us. That's what the enemy does, lies and fear. There he's two things. He'll bring lies and fear into your life. And he says, thinking that our hands will get too weak. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to weaken your hands so you will not complete the work of God. He says that our hands will get too weak for the work and it would not be completed. But listen to this. He says, but I prayed. Come on. Nehemiah says, but I prayed. Devil's trying to come at me five times, tell me to quit. It's never going to happen. Try to frighten me. But I prayed. And this is what he prayed. Now, Lord, strengthen my hands for the work ahead. That's what he prayed. He didn't quit. Come on. He prayed and he said, God, they're trying to intimidate us. They're trying to make us fearful. I'm thinking all these thoughts. But I prayed, God, strengthen my hands. And we're see for Nehemiah. 
Quitting was not an option. Come on. You had to move it from your thoughts. you got to move it from your vocabulary. See, I had to remove that. Bankruptcy is not an option. Quitting on financial blessing and God's promises is not an option. And in our marriage, come on, in the early days, I'm not talking about money and heard the story. I had in my mind a divorce as an option. Come on. And so all the time when things got bad, I would want to run in the early stage of marriage because I thought divorce was an option for me. But you know what? I had to remove that. And then when I realized divorce is not an option for me, come on, this is what I've chosen. And we counsel our children. You get married, it's for life. So you better choose the right one. Come on. Because if you choose the right one, you'll make it, it'll be good, and God will be with you. Quitting is not. You're going to send the battles in your mind. This is the biggest part. You have to open. The enemy wants to come in with all these thoughts. He wants to break you down. I can't take it anymore. I'm not strong enough. Where in the Word of God does it say you're not strong enough? Come on. Where does the Word of God say you're lying? Nowhere. All God says is I'm with you. I'll never leave you. If you're in a storm, I'm right there with you. He promises if you do what I said you do, you will be rich and rewarded. What is one of the biggest things today? Mental illness. Come on, because it's the enemy wearing at people's thoughts continually. Come on, telling them stuff. So you have to renew your mind. You've got to get in your mind. No, I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Come on, I have to give it yet. I'm victorious. Come on, I have the mind of Christ. You've got to keep speaking it. I don't have a spirit of fear. Come on, you've got to keep speaking it until you actually believe it. Quitting is not an option. Come on, quitting on life, quitting on God is not an option. Quitting on your faith is not an option. Always to me, I've loved the Lord even before I was a Christian. I believed there was a God that just did. I don't know why, because I come from a whole line of heathens. There's no one in our family <laughs> that I knew was a Christian. So there's no, I didn't have little praying grandma praying for me and taking me to Sunday school and teaching quite the opposite, okay? I can't, I can't trace anyone, whole line of humans, but I believe God. <laughs> I just believe there was. And so I took a heart, I've always loved it. But you know, through every child, through the bank, thinking we're going back, I will never, ever, ever quit on God. You will Amen. never not see me ever at church. You will never not see me serving in the house of God. You will never not see me following God's purpose because that is not an option. Come on, he's the only thing I have in the storm. Come on, he's the only thing that I have when things are tough. I will never see quitting on church, quitting on the house of God, quitting on God's people, quitting on, is not an option for me. So once you remove the option, the enemy can not tempt you. I want to finish with a story about the Navy SEALs. This is um, when they go in, the Navy SEALs, before they become a SEAL, they have to go through a week called Hell Week. Okay? They literally call it Hell. One week of Hell. And so it says, Hell Week is designed to weed out those who are not the best of the best. In fact, two-thirds of the candidates do not make it. During Hell Week, a bell is stationed outside the dining hall. When you feel the pressure is too great, the physical task too demanding, the fatigue too overwhelming, the muscles too sore, you can call it quits simply by ringing the bell. You don't have to explain yourself. No one will ask you any questions. You ring the bell. You go back to the barracks. You eat a hot meal and a bus will take you back to where you come from. Isn't that sad? But truly, as if I look at most, probably two-thirds of Christians do not make it to their promise. Why? Because they quit. 
They quit on God. Too hard, too difficult, too tough. Can't do this. Come on. But I look at that and think, man, you go through all that to just get one hot meal? It's like here's a guy sold his birthright for a bowl of lentils. Um, Lentil soup. Diesel. Come on, same thing. Sold out on it for a short-term thing and you go, how depressing of a bus ride would that be? Going back to where you come from. Come on, that's what happens. When you quit on God, when you quit on church, when you quit on believing, you go back to where you come from. In actual fact, you go back there. That's the starting point. But then you just slip further and further and further. So we just had to resolve, I will never quit. But then it goes on and says this. If you want out of the Navy SEALs program, you can exercise your quit option. Listen to this. The ones that make it said, ringing the bell was never an option. In their minds, they said, don't you dare ring that bell. And when their body would tell them, they're like, don't you dare ring that bell. Actually, ringing the bell was not an option. They were never looking for the bell. Come on, they were never looking for the bell. The bell was never an option. But the ones that quit were always, oh, there's that nice hot meal. I can go home and get it. Come on. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. That's what he tried to do to Nehemiah. He wants you to ring the bell. He wants you to give up on your purpose. He wants you to give up on your destiny. Come on. He tempt you. It's so much easier back then. Yeah, you can go back there, but you just keep slipping. Come on. There's nothing more than God. There's nothing greater than God. And if you just quickly, if you continue to walk in what he's called you to do, you will be richly rewarded. You know, I think Amen. every one of us knew, and that's why we get prophetic words. Prophetic words are the future. Come on. You can look out. We can, I can pick someone out to promise over today and you can both think, that's not them. No. They don't even know how to commit to anything or do anything or, or whatever. Come on. You can think that. But it's God's potential for their life. And that's why we listen to our prophetic words. This is what God's potential for your life is. This is what he's saying. But he says, if you keep going, come on, you will be richly rewarded. And if someone had picked me up and the times that I wanted to to give up, the times I wanted to quit, the time I get, but and brought me to today, I would have said, I'll never quit. Come on, if you if you saw where God was going to take you and the faithfulness and the reward and the promise, you would never quit. Let's stand this morning. It's a very preaching message, but I'm not going to get the gist of it. Quitting is not an option. It's not like I can talk fast and get everything out quick. Quick, out quick. Quitting. Is not an option. Come on. So what is it today that you've possibly been continually going back to that bell? Come on. That the bell's always there. Come on. When you think about, I'm going to quit church. I'm going to quit on this. I'm going to quit. Oh, God's never going to bless me financially. I'm going to quit on people. I'm going to quit on God. Come on. Whatever is it in your life. Come on, God never gives you more than you can handle, ever. Come on, he is a faithful God. He says that he will richly reward you, but what if you persevere and you don't give up? Giving up is not an option. God, if you have given up, the awesome thing is God can just bring you straight back. Come on, he's always welcoming. He's arms always there, but don't play with that grace. Come on, don't play with the grace of God. Yeah, because it runs out at some point. Come on, do not play with it. Come on, be committed. He's an awesome God. He's a proven God. He is the only proven thing on this earth. And if you do what he's asked you to do, if you're struggling in an area, ask God, what am I doing wrong? Come on, be truthful. If you don't know, get counsel. Where am I going wrong in my life? But you know what? There's some things that we will not understand. And you've just got to realize we cannot work God out. You'll never work him out. 
If you could, you'd reduce him to a human mind and he wouldn't be God. There's stuff that happens. There's tragedies and trials that we walk through. And there's times where I've never understood those things. God, why am I walking through this? Why? I don't deserve this. Why didn't you answer my prayer? Why didn't this happen? Because he sees the end. Come on. He knows what's going to be good for you. He knows what you need. Come on. And so he's looking at a long-term picture. That's when you need to hang on to your prophetic words and decree it. Okay, God, right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But your word said this about me, and I'm going to decree not just your prophetic words, but the word of God. He will reward you. So today, what I want us to do is we're going to pray, and I want you today to ask the Lord, what is it? If you've been going to quit in any area, come on, any area of giving up, a continual pattern, then you need to you see that bell thrown out of your mind, out of your life, and you need to tell the devil today, I will never quit. I will never give up. Come on. I'll never give up. Then God, 2020 is a year of being strong. Come on. Your strength. Come on. For being rewarded for all that you've gone through. So, Father, we come before you today, Lord. Father, I thank you for each and every person. Lord, it's different for everybody. But, Father, just show us right now, Holy Spirit, areas that I play. And, Lord, I, I'm entertaining. You see, sometimes you don't even know you're entertaining a wrong thought. You might go back to drinking. Come on. You might go back to just wrong things that you need today and say I'm going to push more into God come on and you're not going to quit because sometimes it is hard but there's a strength there's a Holy Spirit inside of you to help you to overcome now Lord I thank you as you're reminding people as you're showing them Father I thank you today that we are removing that quitting option come on I'm removing that quitting option I will never say it again Father I will never say I'm quitting I'll never say I'm quitting on God. I'll never say I'm quitting on God. Come on. I'm never going to. So, Father, I thank you. If this comes now, you're going to hell week. Come on. See the bell option removed. You will make it. You'll be richly rewarded. Come on. And just like Nehemiah, you need to pray for strength. Strengthen my hands. Come on. Sometimes you're going through stuff and you're complaining and it's difficult. But have you asked God to strengthen you? Come on. Have you asked Him to strengthen you? When you're struggling, you need to ask him, God, strengthen me. So, Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for each and every person. Lord, that you will strengthen them today. Strengthen their hands. Strengthen their mind. Father, remove that valve. Lord, where the enemy's put temptation, where he's put things there. Today, Father, I say that it be removed in the name of Jesus. I will never see option B. Come on. I will never see plan B. I'm on the A plan. Come on. I'm on God's plan plan and purpose for my life. Now, Lord, I thank you right now. Give the Lord a shout. Great word. Awesome.